Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello kids, it's your Auntie Kath. Now, as you probably know by now, you might hear words like f- sh- and tw- in this podcast. Oh, and f- that's one of my favourites. So, if you've got little ears around, you might want to listen another time. Or if you like, keep playing. They might just learn something. The little Esteemed deaf pals, now it turns out some of you have been complaining that these episodes aren't long enough. (laughs) Well then, you'll be dying to know that this isn't all of it, you wonderful twits. After you've finished hearing how your favourite guests are going to peg it, they join me over at Six Feet Under to read through your real-life deaf-related anecdotes and tell us what they're taking to the grave with them. An album from the 80s. Best of lots of groups of the 80s. <laughs> For just $3.99 a month, you get all that and every episode completely ad-free. So, as the Grim Reaper says, get on with it and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or head to where there's a will, there's a wait.com for details. Right, let's get cracking. Hello, I'm Kathy Burke, and welcome to this perverted polling station in the podcast sphere, where all members of Parliament are well hung, <laughs> there's general erections popping up all over the place, and the letters PM stand for proper motherfucker. Oh, hang on. What the fuck is going on over here? Gee whiz, it's a mega dirty protest. Forget your ballot paper being spoiled. This one's been soiled. Can we get a clear up in booth 13, please? Welcome to... Where there's a will, there's a wake. As we finish the crossing line into our 50th eerie episode, it's time to welcome our guests to this deathly domain. Now, on some podcasts, you get professionals talking honest politics. But on this podcast, we talk honestly about if anyone is going to give a shit when you've snuffed it. And joining us today to do just that, it's the fucking fabulous... Welcome. Thank you. That was nice. I like that. They're the Rathbones. Who do our, uh, yeah, we... They do um, your jingly jingly bits. Yeah, they do our jingly bits. We brought them out of retirement. Lovely. And, uh, yeah, they quite enjoy I, it. I once, one of my unfulfilled ambitions is I wanted to be a pip. A pip? As in Gladys Nightand. Oh, I see. To do that sort of backing stuff. Oh, you know. right, yeah. yeah I'd be yeah. a good jingle singer. Yeah, the backing girls were always the most interesting, really, the Love girls them. and boys, weren't they? Yeah, great. Elvis had some amazing backing singers. Yes, we are, um, to, we are just talking about death, aren't we? We are, we are. Mm. But I do want to talk about, you know, I like the podcast you have on the go. Oh, with, thank you. With little Rory Stewart. Yeah. Uh, the rest is politics. That's the one. Number one in the UK. I know. All right, mate. Yeah. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> We're not interested in charts. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's not the winning that's important. It's the taking part. That's right. Blah. <laughs> but it must please you that it is so successful because it means that people are interested. Yeah. In what you and Rory have to say. Well, I think it's because they're interested in politics, yeah. but they're not 
they don't like what they think politics has become and they don't like a lot of what the media says about politics. Exactly. And they're not wrong on both fronts. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's why people are... The numbers recently with the Middle East stuff going on, the numbers have been unbelievable. Well, that's it. Well, that doesn't surprise me, Alistair, because, you know, um, the problem at the moment is a lot of the fake news that's coming through. It's very hard to sort of find the truth on stuff yeah, at the moment. absolutely. Here we are on a podcast where we're going to pretend that I'm dead. Yeah, well, that's it, you yeah, see. That's yeah, not yeah. true, is it? I'm not dead. You're not dead. No. It's just a fantasy. Yeah. It's just our way, because people don't like to, you know, they say never talk about politics or religion. Mm. But people are also a bit funny about talking about death. Yeah, I think I'm quite good with death. Mm. I'm quite good at talking about death. But you've, you've been very good at talking openly about mental health and yeah. depression. Mm. So, you know, death isn't going to be a, a subject that would bother you, I should imagine. Well, it bothers me, but I've had a lot of it. I've mm. had, so both my parents, mm. both my brothers young. Oh, wow, okay. In the early 60s. I've had one, two, three, I'd say four or five of my closest friends have all died very young. Wow. Yeah. So, in fact, my friend, um, colleague at Number Ten, Angie Hunter, she once said to me, "She said, God, don't, don't ever let me get too close to you. All your best friends seem to die." <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's it. It's like, are you the Grim Reaper? Well, <laughs> mm. no, but I suppose it's just—it's one of those things, isn't it? As we get older, unfortunately, we are surrounded by it more and more, yeah. and we get invited to less weddings and more funerals, don't yeah. we? Fewer weddings. Few. What? Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I'm obsessed with oh, that. Fucking northerner now, telling me. Yeah. So what is? I'll tell you what to do. Right. Um, less death. Okay. Fewer funerals. Right. Do you get it? Yes. Less forestry. Yes. Fewer trees. It's the collective and the individual. Right. See what I mean? I do. Anyway, let's... Way, I just realised we were sitting in coffins. You, you are. You're in a. You're. I've only just realised that. More alert. Less. Unobservational. No, what you mean is less observation. <laughs> less observation. Fewer observations. Fewer observations. Do you get it? I do. Do you promise me you'll never make that mistake again? No, I'm not promising you nothing, <laughs> mate. <laughs> right. So, before we get on to your death, the first thing we would like to know. So what would uh, ideally be your last supper before you well, peg it? Onion soup. Yeah. And it's got to be the onion soup that I had when I was 20 in Nice, the first time that I realised there was a thing called onion soup. Okay. It's got to be that one. Yeah. Okay. Reincarnated somehow. Okay. Even though I ate it 46 years ago. Mm. Okay. Then I think Fiona, my partner, is a really good cook. Mm-hmm. And she makes this thing. I don't even know what it's called, right? I don't even know if she's got a name for it. Yeah. But it's got aubergines and cheese and some sort of sauce that I don't even know what's in it. Right. And rice. And rice? Yeah. Oh. And then I want chocolate mousse with some grapes around it. Right. That's it. Is that really bad? You're looking like that's really horrible. Well, chocolate mousse and grapes. Well, chocolate mousse. Yeah. With grapes. With grapes. Yeah, I could have the chocolate mousse <laughs> and the grapes, or I could have a mouthful of chocolate. I love grapes. Right. I love grapes. I could yeah. not have grapes. Okay. 
But I couldn't also not have the chocolate mousse. Yeah, I did read somewhere you're not really a food fan, no. so no. Is that coming through? I think it is, babe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I, 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 I'm not that bothered. Yeah. You see, I'm not, you've got some pills there, right? Tablets, yeah. <clears throat> okay, I am one of those people who. If you said, here's a pill every morning, take that, that's all your energy, I could do that. Oh, really? Yeah. Not be bothered with food at no, all? Not, not too bothered. I, I, can't, I really can't get into people who talk about food all the time. Oh, really? They and get on your that, nerves, all yeah. All Instagram pictures of what I'm for dinner. I mean, oh. Look, I like nice food. Yeah. But it's not my big thing. Right. But I don't like the way you're sort of dismissing Fiona's my favourite dish. No, I've not dismissed Fiona's anything. I How dare you? you? <laughs> no, I was going to say, that sounds like an Italian dish called, is it par, what's it yeah, called? Parmigiana something. Yeah. Well, I, no, it's just that I'm not an aubergine fan. Okay. Well, nor was I until she made that dish, and that's yeah. why, yeah. But by the, you know, to be honest, I don't know, last supper, I'm not going to be thinking about what I'm eating, I'm really not. Uh-huh. No. Yeah, because you're not that, not that bothered. You're not going to need much energy anymore, are you? No, that's true. Although, well, in your book, but what can I do? Mm-hmm. Which is a great book about getting into politics. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're interested, changing the world. Yeah, changing the world. You do praise the banana. I love a banana. I love a banana. I've got me banana here. Oh, you have. I like banana because I like the texture. I like the taste. And I like the energy that it can give you. Uh-huh. I think if I was only allowed one sort of food that I could ever eat, it probably would be fruit. Right. Or chocolate. Fruit and chocolate. Yeah. Nice combo. Yeah, the rest of it, I'm not that bothered. I like a dark chocolate with cherries in it. I'm an absolute addict of Tony's Chocolooney. <gasps> yeah. And also white Toblerone. White Toblerone. Mm. God, that's so sweet. Mm. Mm. Wow, that's, that's the point of chocolate, really. Oh, you know, you've reminded me of one of my uh, Daniel Craig. No, fuck no. off. One of my Twitter followers, a lovely lady from Newcastle okay. called Helen Ball. Yeah, I follow her on Twitter because she's got a lovely Border Terrier called Millie, mm-hmm. and she's just into music. And uh, she loves white chocolate. <laughs> that's oh, what okay, I was getting. Right, okay. I forgot what I was talking well, about. Small world, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I think one of her favourites is a white chocolate Toblerone. Well, I love white chocolate Toblerone. So there you mm. go. So Helen will be delighted because she's all, and also an avid listener. She listens every Tuesday to the podcast. So we must make sure we keep what, this mine bit or yours? in. No, mine. Mm. I think she, you know, she. She like, probably listens to mine as well. She probably listens to <coughs> yours, most but people. Do. I've never heard her mention it though. I've never seen her tweet <laughs> about it, Alistair. So we can only take your word for that. Okay. Anyway, now it's time to move on to. The death. So mm, that was uh, brutal, wasn't it? Yeah, is it going to happen? Oh, well, this is this is probably impossible. I want to die at exactly the same moment as Fiona. Oh, your wife—that's quite Partner. lovely. And well, I cannot. You've been correcting me again. You corrected me again. So she's not your wife; she's your partner. Yeah. Okay. She's my civil partner, whatever that means. Oh, right. Yes, of course. Well, yeah. But the thing is, she can't die first. Right. Right. Absolutely not going to happen. Yeah. Can't happen because I just am utterly useless. Right. I can't do anything. Yeah. I don't do anything practical. Yeah. And she runs everything. But also, I think it'd be a nice way to go. Well, you could just make it together. happen. If, if you, by the time, hopefully when you're both very elderly, mm. they've sorted out the euthanasia laws All that, yeah. in this country. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know if we'd want to do it like that. I'd like to die naturally and happily uh-huh. without much pain mm. together. I think it can happen. 
A mate of mine, she bought a house recently, and what she loved about it was it was the previous owners were an incredibly elderly couple who died at the same time in the bed together in their 90s. Well, they who Whoa. knows if it was the same time, but they were found I mean, you together. do find a lot of people when one member of the... one one partner dies, mm. the next one goes quite good. That happens a lot. Yes. But I actually think to sort of blink out together would be quite nice. Yeah. 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 Oh, I think that's wonderful. How long have you and Fiona been together now? Uh... 43 years. Wow. Mm. That's pretty good going. Yeah. Especially this day and age. Yeah. We've had a few ups and downs. Of course. Yeah. It would be weird if you didn't, actually. But to stand the test of time yeah. like that, mm. that's wonderful. I do admire you. Longest relationship I've had year and a half. Right. Oh, yeah, I can't fucking put up with it. They <laughs> <laughs> can't put up with me either. No, no. No, so, we do put up with each other pretty well. Yeah. And the, do you know what was interesting was during the COVID, I think that's when I realised that I sort of, if there was one person I had to live with, it'd have to be her. I, I can't think of it, you know, to be sort of cooped up like yes. 24 hours a day. Yeah. That was quite a strain for a lot of people, I think. It really was. It was a real test. But a lot of my mates that are, are with partners said exactly the same as you, actually. Well, that they found it was good. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Good. And it's a real sort of, oh, you've chosen each other well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Marvellous. So what do you think the... Uh, Public response would be What's to your the news demise. Of my death? Yeah, I'd say all around the world, global global grief, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hey? Not. not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, really. I think oh, I think a lot of people will be upset. I think a lot of people really won't give a shit, and I think a small number of people will be very happy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know who they are. You know where they live. <laughs> <laughs> but around the world, because you have met some incredibly impressive people. Yeah. You know, particularly Obama, I suppose, is the one. Is he the most impressive person, you think? For me. Really? Yeah. What about Mandela? Oh, well, yeah, but Mandela's passed away. Oh, you're talking about the living? Yeah. But Mandela was the most impressive for you, was he? Well, he was the one that you sort of felt the two people... I met who made the hair on my neck stand up when I met them. Both began with M and end in A. So Mandela? Yeah. It was the other one, M, beginning with M and ending, ending in, in a. a. In politics? No. Ah, see, I know, because you keep fucking banging on about it, Maradona. That's the one. Oh, How weird is that? M and A. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the first time I met Mandela, absolute, you know... Can't quite believe I'm in the presence because yeah. to me it feels like being with Abraham Lincoln or Martin Luther King. It's yeah, like yeah. it's like a defining person from an era. That's it. Which in a way so so are people like Tony Blair and Thatcher and Clinton and all that. But there's something about Mandela that's just so special. Yeah, because yeah. Mandela just you know yeah, yeah what he lived through. You mm. know what I mean? And then there's a great Mandela quote actually. If I can find it in my notes, everything is impossible until you make it happen. Until you make it happen. Yeah, yeah which you quote. I'm glad you took notes like that out of my book. Well done. Oh yeah. Thank you. I get paid for this, you know. That's I do good. Me, yeah, I, I, I do my own research. Work. I do my research. Yeah, well, apparently yeah. some people don't. I know. A lot I've of had many don't. people come in and say thanks for reading my book and not just Wikipedia. Yeah. But I don't know what they're doing on these other bloody podcasts if they're not actually. No, I do a lot of research. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. sort of part of the fun of it. So, mm. uh, so I think the other the other thing I must tell you a funny story about this. When 1990, when Man United won the treble. Oh right, yeah, yeah. right. Like as if I know, yeah. Okay, so I went 
mm. to the game when they beat Bayern Munich in Barcelona, uh-huh. I went with some friends and it was a friend's private plane. And also on the plane was Piers Morgan. Oh. And Piers Morgan said, do you know what the worst thing about being on this plane is? So what? He said, if it crashed now, you'd be the lead story. <laughs> <laughs> That's typical of him, isn't, isn't it? it? Now, I reckon he would probably think now he'd be the least story, but I don't think he would actually, because I think I've got a bit more heft. Yeah, I don't know, but he's a bit more sort of he's a bit more of a tart, isn't he? Yeah. He's sort of spread it about a bit all yeah. over the place. So yeah. Yeah. anyway, so I thought that was quite interesting that he thinks in those terms. I would mm. like it to be a bit of an event. I'd like I'd like people to talk about it for a bit. Yes. You I'm know. sure they will. Well, they might not. I mean, you know, it depends how long you go on. I think if it happened today, they might. Mm. But if I, if I live to 110, which I won't, but if I did, yeah, by but, then, if you've had 20 years off the off the scene... Yeah, but I could imagine you'll still be doing podcasts and you'll yeah. still be doing well, podcasts, stuff. There'll be a new thing. It won't be podcasts. There will, it will, <coughs> there will be a new thing, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I wonder, I'd, it'd be some AI bollocks, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. And what publication would you like your obituary to be in? I don't really care, to be honest. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, why would I worry about it? Why would I worry about that? I'd like an obituary in the Piping Times. The Bagpiping Times? Yeah. Because the, when because uh, I saw that, our lovely goddess and I had talked to you before and yeah. said the Piping Times. I thought it was to do with, like, piping. Oh, plumbing. Plumbing. No, Piping Times is a paper, is a magazine for the bagpipe world. Right. Uh, I think I saw a big spread in the Burnley Match Day programme. Oh, yeah. If programmes are still a thing by then. Yeah, yeah. It might not be. That'd be nice. And then the papers will do what the papers do, won't they? Yeah. So that's fine. Yeah, the mail will slag you off. Yeah. They probably won't actually see, because what they do when people are dead, mm. they say, yeah, we gave them a hard time, but, don't they? That's why I can't stand Oh, that's, yeah, they're very cowardly, aren't they? Twats. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have any regrets? In my life? Yeah. Yeah, loads. Uh, I think the biggest one is not having stood as an MP myself. And before you say it's not too late, I've decided that it is. Yeah. And why did you never? Was this because Just of... circumstantial, really. A couple of times I wanted to and Tony Blair didn't want me to. Another time I thought about it and Fiona was going to go for it as well. We were both thinking about going for it. And just sort of penny dropped that, you know, we just about got our lives back together. Why go through it all again? Uh-huh. And also, I guess, because I think it's one of those, the reason why it's a regret is because I'm conscious of re- saying now I'd regret it, but I think I'd regret it if I did it as well. Yes. Because I'd lose my freedom. But I think if you go in as an MP, you really are beholden to other people. And the thing I've realised, I never ever thought this would happen because I was a journalist for years, beholden to events mm-hmm. and my boss, my bosses. Yeah. Then I was working for somebody who became the Prime Minister and he was very much my boss and I worked for him and for the people that were, you know, the government. And I never, I always thought I'd have a job for the rest of my life. And as soon as I left that job, I kind of decided, you know what, I don't want a job ever again. Right. I want to be able to pick and choose what I do. Yeah, because as an MP or as a Prime Minister, there's only so much. Yeah, you're limited. Yeah, Mm. you are limited. Mm. I think this is why I'd I like... I'd love to be Prime Minister. Would you? Oh, yeah. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd love that, but I, but I don't want to go through the process. Okay. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break. This is an advertisement for BetterHelp Therapy Online. 
Goddess Charlie, you all right? You look a bit tense. What makes you say that? Well, <laughs> you're biting your nails and your leg is shaking like a horny chihuahua. Oh, yeah. Now you mention it, I do feel a bit stressed. Come on then, spill the beans to Auntie Kath. What's on your mind? That's the weird thing. I don't actually know. It could be the endless sleepless nights I spend strategising on how I'm going to get a ticket to Glastonbury this year. Or it could be the triple espresso I necked to make sure I didn't fall asleep on the way to work. Blimey, goddess. Whatever it is, you should invest some time in getting to the bottom. Of it. You're right. It's no good letting things fester and get out of control, especially when it's so convenient to talk to therapists now. Ah, oh, you mean our friends at BetterHelp? Precisely. It's entirely online and suited to your schedule. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. And our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash wake. That's Better H-E-L-P.com slash wake. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So now it's time for The Funeral. So, so folks, before we get into hearing all about Alice's funeral, let me tell you there's more to this podcast, so much more. Hit subscribe for access to our bonus content over on Six Feet Under, where we keep our guests with us a little bit longer and have a laugh at all your brilliant funeral tales. Love the podcast. Thank you, Julie. The rest is politics. I'm glad that you love that. <laughs> oh, sorry, you mean this one. Plus, you get every episode completely ad-free, including these main ones. Lovely. So, to find out how to subscribe, just go to where there's a will, there's a wake.com. Right then, back to this fantasy world, Alistair Campbell. So, you've pegged it, and now it's time to say goodbye. What's happening at your funeral? Uh, where's it taking place, first of all? I mean, I... Are we sticking with the idea that we've died together? I mean, what do we do about this goddess Naya? We've never had this situation before. <laughs> yeah, as long as the old caboodles happening together. Okay. Yeah. So we're still together? Yes. <clears throat> so it's a big coffin. Lovely big double bubble coffin. Double coffin. Do they exist, double well, bubble? Well, we're going to make them. Amazing. Mm. It's going to be very eco. Of course. Because it's two of us in a big coffin, we probably need more poor bearers than normally. Mm. I don't know where it's going to be. I can tell you where I want to get buried. Yeah. Um, and the only reason is I go swimming every morning. We both go swimming every morning. That's why we'll probably both live quite a long time. Uh-huh. We go in the Lido, and there's a guy there called Martin Ransley who's, uh, who also goes every morning, and he's a guide at Highgate Cemetery. Ah, yeah. nice. And, and I was telling him I was coming on, and he told me to say where I should get buried. It's, yeah. If, he, if he's going to guide the stuff about, you know, where I'm going. So basically he says, I want to be buried on the west side, Highgate Cemetery, and the, the best spot is up the main colonnade path, past Comfort's Corner, on the left-hand side, what we call the Pelican Grave, and that's the best place to be. Uh, so that's where I want to be. So that's very specific. Very specific. But Highgate Cemetery... Very... Well, it's a very famous cemetery, yeah. Highgate, because yeah. you've got old... Um... My best mate's in there. 
Oh, yeah. Philip Gould, yeah. yeah. And I've got another best mate in there. Uh-huh. The two, you know, I mentioned earlier, two of my best mates died. Yes. Two of them, five of my best mates died. Two of them are in there. Wow. Philip Gould and John Merritt, both in there. Okay. Paul Foote's in there, right opposite Karl Marx. Nice, where yeah. he'd want to be. Yeah. Is there any room left for people at Highgate Cemetery? Where there's a will. There's a wake. Isn't that marvellous? <laughs> <laughs> right, so the funeral. Yes, so you're going to have a nice big eco, double bubble, because eco, because you love Greta Thunberg, didn't you? I love Greta. Yeah, I love Greta. What, resting in her nonsense was that. Uh, so, yeah, green, eco-friendly. Yeah. I'd, like a, I'd like a, I think in a nice big public space. I don't know where, but somewhere, I don't know about church. I'm not a religious person. Fiona's not a religious person. What about Burnley Football Ground? Yeah, think? maybe. Maybe, but I wouldn't like to see empty seats. And would you get 20,000 there? Not so sure. I don't know if you did it before a match. Yeah, but that sort of killed the vibe, wouldn't it, a bit? Well, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I'd quite like a you know, yeah, decent turnout. Uh-huh. Decent turnout. It's a nice big open space. I'm actually quite friendly with the Archbishop of Canterbury. Oh, are you now? Yeah. Who I think he he thinks I'm going to sort of find God later on. I think I think he's got a sort of oh a, a really that's about interesting. That. Why does yeah, he think that about you? I don't know because I am quite interested in faith and God and all that. Yeah. Stuff. So maybe it'd be nice if he was there, not doing the whole thing because I think if it was a service, if he was there, you'd have to have it with God. Oh yeah, and it would go on for fucking ages. Yeah, I want it to be quite long. Oh dear. <laughs> but I want a lot. I want a lot of music. Right, let's so talk when about we the go music. in, when yeah. we go when we go in, in to wherever it is. Yeah. So there's me and Fiona in our eco-friendly Greta Thunberg coffin. Uh-huh. You probably need about eight people to carry it. Yeah. And then I want two pipers at the front. Okay. Finley McDonald, who's the head of the National Piping Centre, right. and who's my teacher. I'm actually playing with them tomorrow. Nice. And also John Campbell, who's my cousin's son. None of my children play the bagpipes, but John does, and he's a good player. So those two, yeah, and I want them playing a lament, right, as I go in. I want yeah. it to be sad at the start, okay, but then I want the music through the service, through the event, yeah, to get chirpier and chirpier. I want a bit of Jack Brell at one point. Oh, nice. And then at the end, there's a Scottish folk band called Skipinish, and I want them performing live, and they've got a brilliant song called Alive. And I want every leaving to the sound of Skip Inish playing alive, not dead. I think that sounds fabulous, yeah. actually. Yeah. And um, you've actually brought your bagpipes, haven't you? Much to my joy. Much to your chagrin. <laughs> the only reason I brought them is because I'm going from here to Glasgow because I'm playing at a charity event tomorrow with Finlay. Oh, I see. Who's one of the best players in the world. Yeah, yeah. But As was my brother. You're going to give us a little blast, Only if you, you want. Only if you want. I think we'd love it. And I, I can actually, I wrote, when we were over in Belfast recently for the anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement, I wrote a lament for all the people who died since then. Mo Molum, John Hume, Martin McGuinness, uh, Ian Paisley, all mm-hmm. the kind of big figures who've died. Yeah. So I wrote a lament. So maybe I'll play that. I think that'd be amazing. Yeah. I think we'd be delighted. Yeah. So how do you want people to mourn? You know, are they wailing or a wry smile or...? I think it depends who they are. Mm. You know, what I can't stand when people die is when you have all these kind of fake, phony tributes. Oh yeah. You know, he was this, he, she was this, she was. This. Everybody's fantastic when they die. Yeah. Right. I don't want that. I don't. Honestly, I'm sorry to keep saying I don't care. I only really care about the people who who matter. 
Yes, and they're absolutely going to be upset. Yeah, but, but I don't want them to be sort of... I want them to... There's a process in other people's deaths, isn't there? Remember this with people I've lost is, you know, it's horrible, but then there comes a moment where you sort of feel, well, life's got to go on. You've got to get through it. Yeah. I don't want them to be grieving for long. So I asked who you wouldn't want there. Um, just going back to what you were saying about, you know, people... Uh, you know, they write all these wonderful things when yeah. someone's died and all that business. It's the same with uh, people feeling they can just turn up. Yeah, I don't want that. So who do you definitely, you don't want there turning up? Who thinks they've got a right to be there, maybe? See, Bog Job, I could see him thinking... Oh, absolutely not. You know, because he thinks he's got a right to be everywhere, no, doesn't he? No, absolutely not. If he turned up, there'd be trouble. There would, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd probably rise up out of the coffin. See, that'd be good, wouldn't yeah. it? yeah. Uh, no, um, I'd, I'd like a few Tory MPs there. Yeah. I, want, I want a lot of Labour people. Mm. But if a few Tory MPs turn up, that's all right. I'd be a bit upset if anybody from the Daily Mail came. Oh, yeah. Other than to stand outside and write really vile stuff about what everybody was wearing. Yes, yeah. and hopefully it's pissing down with rain outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't want anybody to turn up that any of my... Fiona, well, she's with me in the coffin, but mm. any of my kids or close friends are going to say, what are they doing there? Yeah. I yeah, don't want them. That's it. So just don't turn up. If in doubt, don't turn out. The eulogy. So who's done this for us? So like I, I had a couple of people I thought if I phone them up, and then I just thought it's weird. I cannot really phone up yes. and say, Can you do something like as though I'm dead? Yeah. So in the end, I asked Grace, my daughter. Lovely. Well, let's have a listen. Hi, Dad. Um Sorry, my tumble dryer's on, so it's making a noise. Uh, I'm so sorry to hear that you've died. I'm so sorry that you're not going to be able to watch me do stand-up anymore. <laughs> Such a huge loss for you. Um, I'll really miss you. You're... I'll really miss the fact that you dribble down all of your clothes and the fact that you are still wearing a pair of tracksuit... Well, were, sorry, past tense, because you're dead now. Were wearing a pair of tracksuit bottoms that you got from Wolvington Wolves or something, a football club, like, ten years ago that are too short for you. Warrington. Um, I'm really angry that you got to meet Kathy Burke before I did. She's a ledge. See? Um, what won't I miss? I won't miss people coming up to me in the street telling me how much they love your podcast. Um, I won't miss people coming up to me asking me what Rory Stewart's like, because um, I don't know him. I won't miss having to make excuses as to why I haven't listened to your podcast, but I will say I'm very proud of you for the second wind that you had in your career and for making such a great comeback and for becoming a dad that I didn't get abused anymore for having. So, lots of love. Um, we'll miss you lots. And, yeah, Eddie says hi. Eddie's the dog. I thought Eddie would be a dog. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's great. She's very funny. She is funny, yeah. She's very funny. She's a stand-up, isn't she? Yeah. It's quite a thing, isn't that thing about... Because she, Grace is... Um, She's got me out of a few scrapes at times. Uh huh. Yeah. In what way? Getting into fights and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But all my kids at school, I think, had a bit of grief because of me. Oh, of course. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's made it's had to toughen them up, I suppose. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I wasn't really aware of it except when we were out and about. Yeah. But they're always they were always pretty, you know, 
on it if it happened in public. But she, so I think it's quite interesting she said that because I still I still get a bit of it. The yeah, abuse, yeah, yeah. Get loads of it on social media. Of every, course, everybody does. But yeah, I mean, yeah. out and about, I'd say now though that so she obviously thinks this kind of second wind, as she called it, has got me to a different place. Maybe it has. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose it's just people. Yeah. Listen, I think people know your heart is certainly in the right place, mm. as far as I'm concerned, you know, and wanting to change things. And also, I just think, again, people are so shocked and fucked off with what's happened in the last 10 years. Not everybody. There are some that yeah. are fucking delighted. <coughs> well, and they... I'm amazed. I mean, I saw a poll today. 27% of people say they'd still vote Tory. I mean, oh. how... Ooh. I mean, it is great. Well, selfish. It's just <coughs> selfish. Yeah, what are they going to get out of it? Well, you know, because they don't want to uh, pay high tax and, you know, and right. they don't want the immigrants here. Do you know what I mean? That's it. That's what well, they're being can fed. Can I just point out, Cathy, we've got record levels of immigration and of tax. Yeah. So yeah. that hasn't worked out very well, has no, it? No, no. But I suppose people just get stubborn and mm. set in their ways, mm. you know, and they don't want to shift mm. because if they shift, it's like admitting that they've been wrong somehow. And the whole point, you know, we're amazing. Human beings are fucking incredible. And one of the marvellous things that we can do is change our mind on things and listen to different people's points of view. Mm. And, and I think this is why also your podcast has been embraced so much because it's you and Rory. Mm. It's not just you talking about your point can of you view. Can you call him things. Rory Stewart, by the way? Rory Stewart. Because my son's called Rory. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's you and Rory Stewart. God, I've never been told so much what to do on, I'm not saying on the what podcast. To do. Just say <laughs> No, because when people say, how's Rory? Oh, I see. You think they're talking about your son. Yeah, of well, course. normally they are. Yes. But yeah. then other times it's they're not and yeah. it gets confusing. <sighs> Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed with mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. So we know you want to be buried, you and Fiona, in Highgate Cemetery mm -hmm. with uh, Karl Marx and George Michael. Yeah. I don't mind being cremated and stuck in there. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't mind that bit. I'd like somewhere where the dogs can go and pee and, you know, have a wander around and sniff around. Highgate Cemetery is an amazing place. It is. 
I mean, I miss little ball and bread. Mm. So, you know, we'd go up there, just have a little mooch about, you know, because yeah. when you were kids in the 60s and 70s, you just were told, get out, go and play, <laughs> and don't come back until, you know, your tea's on the table or yeah. whatever. So I'd often sort of have a wander up that way. I think there's something wonderful about well-kept cemeteries as well. Mm. I always think the, the war cemeteries in France are incredible. Oh, yeah. Very Absolutely. moving, actually. Yeah. And what would you like on your gravestone or plaque or... Yeah. I mean, I hate to mention Piers Morgan again, but he did make me laugh once. Once. <laughs> when he said, uh, so we were doing something, I can't remember what it was, and somebody asked us both what our epitaph would be. Uh-huh. And he said, mine would be, here lies Alastair Campbell again. <laughs> I, I thought that was quite funny. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. What about I did it? I did it, I yes. did what I could do. You did what you could do. That's very good, That's actually, bad, because you are doing your bloody best, yeah, I have to say. He did what he could do. Yeah. But one of the lovely people that you quote in your book, and I never knew this, was the wonderful Marilyn Monroe. Think in ink. Think in ink. Yeah. Which is a very sweet he little thought poem. He in ink. Yeah, he thought in ink. Because I do write a lot. So just tell, can you tell the listener a little bit about this poem? Think in ink? Yeah. So Marilyn Monroe wrote a poem called Think in ink. Do you want me to say more than that? <laughs> I <laughs> and, <mean. I've, coughs> and, when, and somebody sent that to me. Yeah. And since then, I've always thought in ink. So if I've got a problem, I write it down and I'll try and think my way through it. I don't know how many million words I've written in my life, but it's mm. millions. Yeah. And, and you've made up a word, perseverance. 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 I thought of that watching the Beckham documentary, actually. Oh, did you? Just keep going. Just keep, keep at it. Yeah. So perseverance. I mean, actually, that's not a bad thing. To have on the gravestone. Perseverance. Perseverance. It's not the same as perseverance, you see, because perseverance is you just keep going. Yeah. Resilience is when you come back stronger from something bad. Yeah. So perseverance is the two together. See, and you, well, you'd love this to be in the uh, the old dictionary now, I want it you? in the dictionary, yeah. So maybe if I put it on my grave... I think it's a great word. Yeah, well, maybe that would get it into the dictionary. Yeah. Or maybe just being on this podcast might. Yeah. Susie Dent might be listening. Another word. Love Susie oh, don't we love Susie Dent? Yeah. She's on there our list. There must be somebody listening, if she's not, who knows her. I did that countdown. So. Oh, well, Goddess and I is a producer, actually. Ah. <laughs> so there we go. When you next see lovely Susie Dent, Goddess and I, will you please ask her to come on our show and ask her to put perseverance in the dictionary? Yeah. But it should be credited to a word invented by Mr. Alistair Campbell. Thank you. So now we move on to. The Wind. I'm the wake. So, you've been laid to rest, but what's happening now? You're gone. What's the uh, wake like? Uh, sort of similar to the funeral, whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. The service or yeah. something. Start off a bit low-key and a bit gloomy. I'd like lots of pictures around the walls mm. and, and film. Of you and Fiona together. Yeah, and, 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 and also, obviously, the kids and family and stuff like that. But maybe a few of my interviews doing the rounds and some of my rants on the telly and oh, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I'd like, when we talked about who's at the funeral, I'd like whoever, whoever the manager and the current Burnley team are, I'd like some of them to be there. Oh, yeah. And I think a bit of Burnley going on in the background. Uh-huh. And then I'd like, I think that's where Grace does our open mic thing. Yeah. Just get a few comedians in there, talk about death, talk uh-huh. about me, just have a laugh. And you didn't want people getting pissed, but what about at the wake? Are people allowed a little dram? Yeah. Are they allowed oh, yeah. to do they what they want? Dr- I just don't Alistair. want people falling out drunk. Okay. No. I remember my, my 
dad's brother's wife. So my uncle Hector, that was my dad's brother, and his wife, Auntie Mary, who died not long, a few years ago now. And I can remember her once saying to me, I love the bagpipe. I love the whole thing about the bagpipes, but I hate the drinking culture that goes with it. Oh. And it did. There was a drinking culture. Oh, really? And like, if I think of my life, uh, that, football, journalism, politics, there's been a lot of drink in it. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not puritanical about drink, but I've seen quite a lot of the damage it does and it sort of upsets me. So I don't go in pubs. I don't, when people say, well, why don't you go in pubs? It's because you don't drink. I don't go in pubs. I think it's the memories of being in pubs when it was all just, I was out of control. Boozy and whatever. Yeah. I don't go in pubs anymore because I can't smoke. Right, okay. In the pub. Mm. But when we grew up, I mean, that was the thing. It was a big drinking culture, yeah. especially in the 80s and stuff. And I remember doing, like, when I was starting out as an actor, just a jobbing actor, and you'd work at the BBC, and, like, there was a bar. Mm. And people would, all the crew would drink at lunchtime. Well, and in the mirror, we had this guy who used to wander around with a, tr a drinks trolley in the afternoon. Oh, it's crazy. People just taking bottles of scotch off the thing. Isn't it crazy? But you know what? There's something very British about it. And it is, the, I did a documentary for the Beeb a few years ago about alcohol mm. in Britain. And I was talking to these students and this Greek student told me this story. He was at a London, he was a university in London. He was with all these students from different parts of the world. And it was a Friday. Yeah. And somebody said, what are you doing tonight then? And one of the Brits said, I'm going to go out and get absolutely smashed out my brain. And the Greek kid said, how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that. I do think we've got a real cultural issue with alcohol. So yeah. I guess my, my problem with it is that we've, we've got this culture now that you can't have a good time or you can't have a bad time without alcohol being involved. Yeah. So if people want to have a drink, that's fine. But please don't get smashed. Don't upset anybody there. Certainly don't get into fights. Yeah. Be nice at the funeral. Animal, vegetable or mineral. This is reincarnation, mm. Alistair Campbell. Mm. So what would you like to come back as? I'm coming back as a set of bagpipes. Oh, are you now? Mm. You want to be squeezed and blown forevermore? I just want the sound, yeah, squeezed and blown. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> what else can you do with it? Uh, animal... If I came back as an animal, I'd like to be a butterfly. Oh, how sweet. Yeah, or a bird. I, I love birds. Birds are great. And I love birds that just fly for thousands of miles. A so bird or a butterfly. Um, but I think coming back as a musical instrument, does that count as mineral? Well, of course. Yeah. I think that's great, come back mm. as some bagpipes, yeah. because, um, you know, they're a loved instrument, aren't yeah. they? Well, some people hate them, it's because they've never heard them played well. Yes, that's it. Because I, you're looking at me now, because <laughs> I, uh, I was a little bit disgruntled <laughs> when he came in with the bagpipes, because, yeah, I've always found them not as sort of wonderful as other people. But I have to say, because you've done this wonderful lament for us, which we're going to play to our listener at the end of the podcast, I found that incredibly moving, really. Yeah. Good. So, Pearly Gates. Mm. Who would you like to meet you at the Pearly Gates? Uh, John Merritt, who was my best friend when I, was, when I was a journalist. He died in his 30s. Mark Gault, one of my best friends at university. He dropped the dead of a heart attack in the early 2000s. Charles Kennedy. Oh, yes. I'd like him to be up there. Yeah. Uh, both my brothers, Donald and Graham, I'd like to see them. My Uncle Jim. My mum and dad, obviously. I think, I think my mum and dad at the gate with Donald... Playing the pipes, yeah. 
Oh, I think that's wonderful. Okay, so what you got? Who's getting it? <coughs> we know the bagpipes are going yeah, to go Yeah, the will. I don't know about the will. Uh, so there's my, my diary, my original diaries. Yeah. I've got quite a lot of universities, including the Bodleian Library in Oxford. Oh, yeah. Desperate to get them. Mm. And I'd quite like that. I'd quite like them to have been in some sort of library somewhere. So I think what I'd do with those is leave them to my kids, but allow them to decide that they're going to go to yes wherever I've put them in the meantime. Uh-huh. Okay? But yeah. they always have the right to take them out if they fall on hard times and want to flog them off. And want to flog them, yeah. I think the other thing I've got that I think is valuable, I've got two football boots that I think I'd leave one to Rory and one to Callum. And what's special about these boots is they've got Pele and Maradona's signature on both. So and it's not a pair of boots? It's a pair of boots with two signatures on each boot. Oh, I see. And I've played with both of those players. Yeah. Maradona's the one I talk about a lot because I loved him. Uh-huh. I didn't dislike Pelle at yeah, all, yeah. but Maradona was just something else. So I think those to the boys. Yeah. Um, what else have I got? I haven't got that much, really. Yeah, I do. That's the will. That's great. So now it's... Famous last words. What would they be? We're lying together, me and Fiona, aren't we? Yeah before we both die together. So I'm probably going to say, do you know what? Burnley's just won the Champions League again. <laughs> We've been back in the European Union for a while now. Yeah. Labour's just won the seventh term in a row. Yeah. Might as well fuck off, don't you think? That is beautiful. Yeah. And perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much. But it's not over yet, mate, because Alice is sticking around over on our subscription podcast, Six Feet Under, where we rifle through your real-life death anecdotes. So head to where there's a will, there's a wake.com to subscribe. And now, I think, for our lovely listener, we are going to play his wonderful lament. He's going. He's going. That was very beautiful, actually. He's gone. You've been listening to Where There's a Will, There's a Wake with me, Kathy Burke. My senior producers are Katie Bowden and Charlie Morrell. And my producer is Naya Dio, or as I like to call them, my goddesses. Sound engineer is Ed Gill. The production coordinator is Lily Hambly. 
Marketing by Emily Webb and Kieran Lancini. Original music written and performed by Jonathan Rathbone. And the executive producer is Ollie Wilson. <laughs>